Robert, you are a distinguished songwriter, so I've been wanting to oh, thank you. go through some of these great songs of uh, of the last several decades um, that I love. So we've picked some that you love, and we're going to do basically a music video review, which will be part talking about the songs, part ripping on the style choices, <laughs> uh, part talking about the weird fads that really stand out now. But we are... Um, are just going to play through some uh, of these great songs. Our list is, um, we put together a list. We're starting out in, um, what's this? Beat It is 1982, right? 82. It actually, Beat It was, uh, it's a good place to start. Beat It was released in 82 as audio, but the video premiered on MTV March 83. And we'll get it going here. And we'll just... We're just going to talk through these. Some of these are going to be more cinematic than others. This um, one is a good cinematic start. Um, do we have it? Yeah, are you seeing it now? I'm seeing it, but I'm not hearing it. Oh, there's and no sound yet. There we go. There Thank we you. go. Uh, Michael DiLorenzo, who I ended up working with on Fame, is in a black vest uh, in this shot. Here's a true oh. life... A true life crip. Uh, one of the things that Bob Girardi, the director, did was cast some real gang members. And That's they right, and Bloods and Crips. Got some Crips to join. And uh, first of all, can we just enjoy for a minute Michael Jackson rocking so hard? Uh, this is just such a great beat. Just as a songwriter. There he is. Now, now, why you'd have him in bed in a kind of totally janky <laughs> t-shirt. But here's Michael Peters, which I always liked. I did some other videos with him. Michael Peters is the choreographer um, who cast himself pretty much as the gang leader. So he's a oh, little okay. guy. He's a little guy. He's not particularly, uh, you know, tough uh, looking right. as a as a gang member. Here he is in this white suit. And this is really, aside from maybe Thriller, this is, I think, the most memorable Michael Jackson maybe song, but also video. I, I looked it, it up. It does that whole it, synchronized dancer thing that he kind of pioneered. And I think in the, I think it's in the final scene. They all are together. Oh, there are a couple really cool things coming up here. Uh-oh, something's um, going down. <laughs> yeah. There's Michael Peters in the middle. Rival oh, gangs, here we no. go. Yeah. These are big gangs, by the way. They get even bigger shortly. They're like, oh, no. The bar where he's going to look for everybody, the luncheonette, is empty. This is look bad news. Look how cool news. that jacket is, too. That jacket, I think, sold on eBay for something like... Oh, I'm sure. Millions. 10 million, 20 million. Could be a lot. I'm going with I'm going with a billion, just as a, <laughs> an estimate. I never understood this shot. Out of focus. Oh. Yeah. I wonder if they just needed it for the rhythm. They needed to cut the next I shot, so. you know? Here we have a gang that's um, about 700 guys. <laughs> you know what's about to happen now. Yeah, it's going to go down. Well, Eddie's showing up too. Ready? <laughs> that's Eddie Van Halen. Eddie's playing one of the greatest guitar solos of modern pop rock. It really is. And we have another so kind of uh, blend of genres coming up, I think, in a couple songs from now, too. But it's always oh, yeah. cool to see how those things uh, come together. It's one of my favorites, which is a kind of, as we'll see, rock R&B combo. Now we get to a momentous music video scene. Michael is Peacemaker. <laughs> but... It's peace through dance synchronized choreography. <laughs> yeah. This was um 
they spent 150 grand on this music video, which is a crazy amount for the time. Yeah. And um, they filmed it on Skid Row in in uh, L.A. Yep. Bob Girardi, the director, was known for making commercials, and this was his very first music video. And, and he went on to make hundreds from this. Yeah. Because everybody said, <laughs> we want the guy who did beat it. Yeah, it's just but, such a good jam. Yeah, more than anything else, it's the song. It's interesting, too, because it's that kind of caliber of song where it's very simple and very basic and repetitive, but so hooky. I'm not sure what it is. So I guess maybe sometimes it's just the unique texture of uh, of something that hooks you. Ooh. Oh, so this is uh, this is 1983, the next year, um, and uh, Huey Lewis in the news. I want a new drug, which is not about drugs. It's uh, about everyone thought it was about drugs. Some radio stations censored it, thinking it was about drugs, but it's about love. And uh, so they shot this whole music video to try to make clear that this is not about drugs. <laughs> and of course, the story, as you know, is that this kind of became, well, this did become the temp song for Ghostbusters and that Ray Parker Jr. Ghostbusters song, which later, uh, there was a whole lawsuit, there was a whole series of uh, settlements that came out of that. And I was looking it up, what came of all that, and... Huey Lewis, I guess, ended up commenting at some point, some some details about whatever the settlement was. You know, several, I imagine, several million dollars to Huey Lewis. And uh, and then he got sued for breaching the contract. <laughs> so, so the saga continues. It, I heard this song driving in L.A. one night and actually pulled over to listen to it because I thought... This is really cool. And I hadn't really been that big a Huey Lewis fan at that moment, but only to find out that Huey Lewis, born Hugh Craig, was my older brother's classmate in high school, which really? I didn't know. Wow. So, oh, the saxophones. Isn't that Remember cool? Remember this? Yeah. do 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 I think that's my favorite thing, element of the Huey Lewis kind of era, is all of this kind of cool saxophone stuff that they found a way to put into pop songs. It had a little bit of a resurgence in the last few years, but um, not like it used to. He's going to make the show. I hope. Oh, guy checking his watch. (laughs) Get out there, man. It's also kind of cool. We're going to see this over the videos that we watch because we're we're going largely chronological. I think we're breaking it a few times, but we'll see how a lot of these music videos kind of start to develop to where it's just someone performing. It's Michael Jackson dancing or whatever. It's the very kind of basic thing. Um, and then they start to try to bring in a little, make it a little more cinematic, make it high production value. You can tell a lot of money being spent on certain things. Lots of well, different la- locations. The labels didn't think they really were much of anything in the beginning, so don't spend a lot of money, uh, with the exception of big stars. Wow. <laughs> Can't fight that. He's in love with her. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Great horn line. That, that, that. It's so cool. I, the saxophone is just so vocal it's like it's the only instrument that i can hear do a solo and it makes me actually want to like almost sing along with it you know yeah good freeze frame look at that classic right on hugh craig (laughs) what do we got next oh this is Aaliyah, journey to the past all right you pick this one set this one up for us uh this is important to me for a lot of reasons first of all god bless Aaliyah. 20 years gone um and her music has just been made available digitally this week. Oh, wow. So so it, for 20 years, it was locked up and couldn't come out. So this video is a big deal for me because I had 
just finished the movie Anastasia. Oh, you and did that? Anast yeah. Anastasia is a little girl's fantasy. And my sister loved that movie. And yep. uh, she was a figure skater and picked out this song as one of her one of her routines. Oh, beautiful, beautiful song to skate to, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, so I finished Anastasia and we didn't really have what everyone wanted at that point, which was a single to advertise the film. Yeah. You know, it was like Once Upon a December was a big song. and But none of them were really pop songs. A couple things happened. I had a meeting with Barry Hankerson, who happened to be Aaliyah's manager and uncle. And um, he said, what are you working on? And I, this, that, and the other thing, you know, what can we do? And we decided to take a little walk around the lot. And I showed him some storyboards for Anastasia, sort of, this isn't in the, you know, Aaliyah's an R&B star produced by R. Kelly. He said, I love it. I wanted to do something in Anastasia. And I remember thinking in my very limited way, well, is this really a Aaliyah territory? He mm -hmm. said, I love this. We d agreed that Journey to the Past could be maybe made a little more rhythmic. We took it to a, the great producer, Guy Roche. I remember coming to the studio with Aaliyah and listening to Guy's rhythm track and thinking, this sounds like a single. This is a great so, song. Yeah, this is quite a bit different though from the one that went in the movie. What what is the um what's the, the one which came the one first? in the movies Oh the one in the movie came first and it is a very beautiful lyrical, not particularly rhythmic. But mm -hmm. Guy Roche, you know, really made this into a pop hit. Aaliyah and Guy recorded the vocals in Toronto while she was on tour. And then we came back to the Paramount lot. And that's where this is shot. Oh, really? Okay. And did a whole shoot with Aaliyah for a day. One day? One day shoot. And then spent a month putting her into the animation. <laughs> yeah. Because you... Right? Look, you can see all, a lot of her, what she did was green screen. So, here she is on a train that's animated, in a scene that's animated. Yeah. Um, I loved her. I absolutely adored Aaliyah. She was sweet and smart and cool and so talented. And uh, I did two songs with her. Are You That Somebody in Dr. Doolittle with Timbaland, which was huge. Mm -hmm. And this, which was an Academy Award nominee, and she sang it at the Academy Awards. That's right, yeah. That, so, yeah, I remember seeing that. Big regrets. What do you got, Matt? Oh, Steve Winwood. Oh, love it. He's in this uh, category of, you know, one of the all-time greats of the 80s. And uh, and I just I don't I don't actually have that much about this video except that there's a lot of um, this is a very edit heavy music video and it's kind of hard to follow. <laughs> it's in the era where I don't think they figured out some of those things, so it's a lot of uh, a lot of just quick shots of people dancing and movement and whatever. But I find I the uh, the chorus of this thing so hooky. I think this became known as the MTV style of edit. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It started to influence filmmaking. It started to get criticized. And here's Chaka singing the hook with him. It's cool harmonies, too. And smart to get Chaka Now, I think I'm going to look this up while we're watching. The year this I, I want to say this was 86 so but it's interesting because this looks so much older in a lot of ways than what we've seen so far um you know the yeah this is 1986 
But you can see, and I'm now looking at it through your filmmaker's eyes. So, mm-hmm. a big visual component that's kind of slightly abstract. Yeah. Switching between color and black and white. There's a couple black and white moments like that. Nile Rogers on guitar. I don't think the drums were in time, which was a big feature of they were directors and shoot drummers, but not necessarily use the shot that's locked to the track. This is um, the directors of this music video shot an almost identical video style for Duran Duran's Notorious that same year. Huh. And uh, both I both videos who, were nominated for awards at the MTV MTV Music Video Awards. So the style who are the, definitely who are the directors. Uh, Peter Kagan and Paula Grief. Grief. Nice. Yeah, it's interesting because it's, just, it's big, just a very basic video, but it's a good song. This is one of those songs if you're in the car you want to listen to the end of too. Yeah. Um, in fact, you and I can both see this was shot in a day yeah. on one bare soundstage because Stevie Winwood probably had one day off during a tour. And Chaka Khan could make it that one day. I love her anticipating one thing. I'll show you. It's the second line of the background. She anticipates the word bring. Right here. Two, three. Yeah, that's nice. It's only the second one. Everyone is stays straight with... Oh, yeah. That is cool. So the second one she anticipates. One, two, three, four, and... This one's off the one. Then that old classic long fade out. Kind of a French one. You know what's interesting? A lot of these songs all, and I'm sure this is the case now too with some songs, but that long fade out. Oh, here we go. This is the one we were talking about. Huge track. Run DMC. Huge. It's funny. I just realized my taste clearly. There's something about this that's like beat it too. It's kind of a rock. (laughs) Yeah. R&B rap combo. This uh, is look. so... <laughs> they can't stand each other. And so Run DMC being brilliant took the... Come on. 1986 again, I believe. Steve and- Tyler's pissed. <laughs> I think he hits the wall in time. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Right, right on a beat. How about run? So the original Walk This Way was from 1976. And this is a remix, but this is one of those cases where the remix ends up charting way higher than the original did and totally being kind of what people remember. And it was not a huge hit, but this video was so cool. He's broken through the wall to sing the hook. Just give me a kiss. Joe Perry looks in. (laughs) Oh, and now they're together. 
This is another one of those kind of cool uh, music videos that, like, unlike some of the others, I guess Beat It obviously is is its own huge hit. But this is one where you really you want to go see the video. This isn't just Steve Winwood yeah. dancing. This is like, I want to see this. Oh, you can watch it for. I've seen it a thousand times, and I still <laughs> will watch it a thousand times before. This video's budget sixty-seven thousand dollars. Oh my god! I wonder how many records it sold. Oh, this is interesting. Aside from Tyler and Perry, none of the other rock musicians in this video are Aerosmith members. I wonder why. I wonder why they just had... Run DMC couldn't afford to use the entire Aerosmith band. (laughs) That's perfect. How smart. Wow. Look at that. And some Adidas gone. Man, this feels so modern in a lot of ways. I mean, it has all the 80s stuff to it, but um, but the music video itself feels so modern. And how smart of Steven Tyler to be current and cool with Run DMC. Just great, man. Yeah. Steven Tyler was a little nervous about that, uh, he said in an interview. Um, just oh, how it would all is. turn out. My queen. Whitney. My total hero. Now, she has so many hits, but I always think of this one as like the most kind of poppy of all of her songs. Um, I don't know if this is even top five of her uh, of the songs she's done, but it's such a fun one. And she's so beautiful. Is it her first single? Uh, it's. Ooh, was this her first single? I think it was her second single. Let's see. I think you're right that they released one thing and it was wrong and didn't chart and then they came with this song. She it was her first single on her second album. Okay. That's what it was. Which was um which was titled Whitney. Back in the days when the album title and the artist could be the same thing. What year is this? Completely lame video. Doing justice to the magnificent superstar on screen. Well, you can see it's like, it's about as 80s as it gets in terms of the color palette, you know? Yep. But that's it. That's all that's going on, really. And it costs probably, I'm going to say, $800 tops. They got one camera locked down. couple Mm. dancers and Whitney lip syncing doesn't look like there's a budget that's been listed for this thing (laughs) but you're right it's uh it can't be much (laughs) I literally haven't seen a second camera shot yet on one they're all straight on locked yeah yeah I guess they're introducing this shot here but you know what doesn't matter when a star's face is what they call bulletproof. You can shoot her from any angle. It doesn't matter. Yep. All you want to do is look at that face. And the song's a hit. Here's some choreography, some Michael Jackson influence. Oh, she's cool. is George Merrill and uh, Shannon Rubicam. You know either of those names? I didn't hear the second name. George George Merrill. Shannon Rubicam. Nope. Song was picked by Clive Davis. 
Yeah, she had quite a few really great songwriters over her career, too, that she worked with. Yeah. Well, she's about to make a relationship. Pretty basic little bridge here. Yeah. Then we have a key change, right? Thank you, Matt. Nice. All right, so here's a question for you, our, our first songwriter question. Key changes. Yes. It seems like those have to be used carefully because you are changing you are changing the sound of the song. Yes. But when do you use it and when do you, you know, just add another octave in the harmonies or something? So key changes can either be a cliche, which is, oh, no. We're going to sing the song a whole step higher. It's emotional. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's Barry Manilow time. Come on. You're going to have white guys in towels come out. <laughs> I mean, this is so weird. Um, use key change when the song kind of calls out for where we've done everything we can in the original key, and it's going to get boring if we don't add some excitement. You just changed, you go up a half step or a whole step. Okay, fire this director. Who is it? He's never <laughs> working for me again. I mean, he made lots of money for this, so he probably got a few more gigs. Yeah, it didn't matter. Like this. The song was a huge hit. She's gorgeous. And it just... You know, nobody was looking at these videos with a critical mm -hmm. eye. It was, these were visual. Oh, man. Hey, you this... got a story for this one. Oh, boy, I got a lot of them. I got a lot of them. We shot this on a soundstage in downtown L.A. with the great director, Paul Hunter. Give me uh, just a sec, because I am hearing some ambient sound in this room. Hold on a sec. Keep watching. <laughs> Yep. Um, Maya, God bless you. I don't know where you went. She gets to kick the song off. It was my uh, my Amazon device went off on me. It Ooh. was playing some song. This is a big, big deal for the movie, for Baz Luhrmann, for getting the four performers and uh, mm -hmm. a really key feature of this is Missy Elliott who introduced the video mm -hmm. and I also met this singer on the video shoot and realized this girl is going to be the biggest star of all of them yeah I met, they were all nervous and Christine Aguilera is the big star that we were all waiting for and Pink was sitting very quietly alone downstairs in the soundstage and we talked for a bit and she was so together and she was rehearsing her part alone when I talked to her and I thought ooh that's a star mm -hmm. yeah she I think has quietly become like the second or third highest grossing female yeah. uh, singer of the last decade or so couple decades this is little Kim pre uh, all the work that's been done on her. <laughs> Just she looks like little Kim. This has got to be an expensive. Well, is it? I guess it's a yeah. set you got to build. Everything's pretty much on the set, right? And you got to pay those singers. And right. Then there was a. We had a highway robbery event right before we shot. Uh, which I'm not entirely at liberty to share, but happy to. Uh, <laughs> One of the artist's managers came to me moments before the shoot and asked for an inordinate extra fee for what he described as hair and makeup. Ah. And I thought he was kidding. And he wasn't. Clearly, as we can see. <laughs> yep. And I had to find a lot of money and convince some people on a Sunday this isn't going to go uh, forward. This isn't going to go forward unless we say okay. 
But all is forgiven when you have the kind of success that this had, I, I assume. Number one this song went on to win Grammy. Video of the awards. The song yep. was great. The movie was huge. Yep. All is forgiven is right. This was uh, Grammy best song from a soundtrack. Number one song. And let's see, who wrote this? Sold movie tickets. It's, uh, I know, and I'm going to ask you to remind me. Kenny Nolan. Yeah, that's what's so funny. Two white guys, Bob Crew and Kenny Nolan, who wrote it for uh, LaBelle, Patty LaBelle, 10 years earlier. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they had a hit with it. Yeah, there's Missy. Look at her rocking. This, by far, this looks like the most, uh, like, media-rich video that we've seen. And they hired a real like, director. Like, the set is impressive. Gave him a real yeah. budget. Yep. Well, now that's going to be stuck in my head. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty catchy. Oh, All right. I think we're going uh, We're going back. So that was 2002, the last one. This is Will Smith back before he knew what direction his career was going to go. And uh, he was a rapper, s- singer, uh, and also uh, Fresh Prince. And I think this was right around the time he was uh, breaking out with Men in Black. Yep. I think this was in Men in Black as an end title or just around he, it. I'm not sure it ended up yeah. in the movie. I don't think it did, but he did He did do one for Men in Black. Um, I think it might have been called Men in Black. <laughs> Pretty sure. He used a sample of the song uh, Forget-Me-Nots by Patrice Russian um, for one of the big hits, and somebody who's watching will know. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is cool. And it's this is back in the um What's the year? We have the This is nineteen ninety eight. And the chorus here is just that kind of vocal vocal effect. Yeah. Uh with him saying getting jiggy with it. And everything else is musical. I yeah. wonder I wonder what so the cool. location is. <laughs> well the, clearly this is Egypt yeah and, but I wonder if they shot it in a museum looking this up uh, yeah this is this is all in Vegas everything here is shot in Vegas really mm-hmm. so it must be whatever that is I don't know Caesar's Palace some version of na 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 uh Big crowd. They spent money. Yeah. Look at the colors. Beautiful. This one, best rap video in uh, 1998. What's interesting is we have seen videos increasingly get more interesting visually Mm -hmm. from... Well, the interesting thing is the next... So we've been largely alternating a video of yours, video of mine. I have a couple in a row now. Um, we're going to jump two years ahead after this one. And you'll see a band at the start of their careers, basically, have the most basic video you've ever seen that looks like it was shot maybe in an hour. <laughs> and you think, you knew, you had more money than this. Okay. Yeah, there's Vegas. You're right. New York, New York. (laughs) Nothing that fancy about this. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, it's definitely an interesting music video. There's, you know, no story to this one. But, uh... There never was cool in looking. these videos, unless somebody went really crazy and did a whole story video, like Michael mm-hmm. Jackson did with Beat It. That's what's so amazing about it. It's so early, and yeah, he really told the story and choreographed and shot it like a movie. What do we got? Oh, okay. So here's this is a uh, great the Backstreet Boys, and this is like I wanted to bring this up with you because I saw that episode of I saw um, it too. I was wondering if that this influenced is pop, you. Yep. And the the work of all these Swedish producers, and in particular the one the the king of all of these pop songs, Max Martin, um, who wrote all of these songs for Britney and for. You know, I forget if we have a... I think I might have taken out... There's a Celine Dion song that sounds exactly like a Backstreet Boys song. It was a very formulaic kind of approach, but the harmonies are gorgeous. And uh, and it's kind of, I guess, broke a bunch of rules about what a pop song is supposed to be and then created these new rules. Like, this hits the chorus fast. And so a rule became for these pop songs... You got to get to the chorus in 45 or 50 seconds. Don't take any more time than that. Hook the listener right away. And the choruses are huge, anthemic, singable choruses. No messing around with it. Back to the verse. And so this video is just them in an empty... I don't know if this is before they were going to sing a gig or what was going on. They pull some random, you know, uh, popcorn attendant out to sing to her. All the guys in this video are just singing to the same chick. And that's the video. Yeah. They just, uh, I assume, sang through this a couple times. No cutaways, no... It's all just them hanging out on this stage singing. And I think the random popcorn attendant is probably a supermodel who somebody... (laughs) That's true. ...got... Also shot in a day. They could never, these could never be any more than eight, ten hour shoots because nobody had the time. Oh, see, the bridge for this is good too. This is, this is uh, like, there's different types of bridges for these, and a lot of songwriters think that's the easiest thing to write. I'm interested in your opinion on this too. Sometimes they, can build momentum into like a last uh, uh, chorus and this is a good one that kind of oh there's a key change here too yeah that use a great bridge takes you to a lifted key changed chorus oh okay it's so interesting they couldn't afford more than one girl so (laughs) they're all just singing to her Yeah, it is interesting how it's surprising that for as much money as this song made and what this meant for the band, um, this is uh, this is the most low-budget music video I think we've seen. Yeah, it's a guy with a camera in a theater. Who gets her? I don't think I think we're left in limbo so that we can imagine ourselves with the backstreet boy of our choice. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh. Oh, I don't know which one that was. <laughs> I don't think it was a backstreet boy. I think it was the actor. That's somebody else. They lost actor. the girl at they the end. They all had of this. to watch her. <laughs> uh Oh, okay. Blink. So this is Blink 182, the same year, a few months later, spoofing the Backstreet Boys. For all the small things. So all of the sets in this are them mocking Backstreet Boys music videos. <laughs> you see the same effects, the same goofy... Shit. Flowing open shirts. Now, um, talk about the musical construction of this, Robert, because this is like... I think of this as about as... Um, I don't know, 
sugary pop sweet as you can get without really having any any soul to it. This is just a fun, simple groove. You're absolutely right, but it's also incredibly hooky. The verse being that short, brief, melodic kernel. And the big, memorable chorus. What more do you need? There's only, I think, like five instruments in this whole thing. Well, that's the other thing. It's a very stripped down track. So it's just real pop punk. <laughs> the chorus has a weird uh, a weird kind of midi sound to it where there's just a just some alternating thing I don't know what that what it is that's bringing that it's not a guitar it's something else but it's kind of a weird electronic effect that everything else is just sounds like a punk band that's funny. Let's check it out. Nice. Such a massive hit. I I also think this is probably our shortest song. Let me see what we got here. Yeah, two two fifty. This whole video. Which is pretty crazy. I wow. guess part of that's just due to the tempo, but um, you get right in and get right out. Yeah, it worked. Again, not an expensive shot. Uh, roll it in. What do we got coming up? edgy to mock oh, the Backstreet Boys just a go. few months before. <laughs> here we go. This one's really cool. Oh, this is a cool one. Everything about this I thought was just unbelievably edgy when I first saw it. The visual style, yeah. of course. But also... Now this this is 2003. Jack, but it could really be today. Yeah, Jack White being ridiculously cool. And like, you know, a guitar and a drum? Where's a bass player? Where's the the other guitar well on the track they sort of show up a little bit but the video mm -hmm. is yeah this is it's it's pretty cool looking it'll make you dizzy also yeah. I think it's I, people maybe think it's a simple melodic and rhythmic figure. Oh yeah, it's it's actually got some real interesting nuances to it. I think. Explain. Um, one of the things I love about it is it's got a triplet in the figure. I can explain. So instead of it being doom 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 doom. So occasionally, oh. it's played with a bum, two, three, one, two, three, which is just rhythmically. I'll show you. Right there. Right there. It's that figure as a whole feeling. And Meg on drums is playing two and four except for the final measure. She lays off the... Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's, it's just very sophisticated for a, what sounds like a simplistic riff. Yeah. And now we hear two good... The guitar in all these White Stripes songs are so cool, too. It's a very, um, it's kind of like a Led Zeppelin influence. Very. Have you ever seen It Might Get Loud, where Jimmy Page and Jack White are together with The Edge from U2? 
and they play a couple Led Zeppelin songs and Jack White's unbelievable. So he definitely has a Jimmy Page influence. I would have sworn that I had seen that, but I'm gonna have to rewatch. It is so cool. The three great guitarists. You know what's cool is almost every frame of this video is it's a lot like a great a great you know like a Spielberg movie or something. Every frame has some artistry in it, and this one obviously is a lot more abstract. But you could see a poster being printed of any frame here. You're absolutely right, and they're all slightly different. Um, mm-hmm. And little elements, skeletons, elephants. How about like that? Was a shorter one too, yeah. but no, we're just having a good time. Yeah. Four minutes, amazing. All right, what do we got next? We got ten more minutes. Good. I think this might be our last one. We got through a lot. Good. Just what, playing through all nice of these. What a nice track. And this looks sort of cinematic to end with. Tumbleweed. This is 2004, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, uh, Green Day, at the at peak Green Day, when they, they finally became a pure pop band. <laughs> and this is kind of a cool, I think this is a Rob Covello album oh nice um and everything about this album is really well thought out i I was in high school when this came out so uh it was everywhere but the construction of this song is interesting too because this one says screw the max martin thing of getting into the chorus in 50 seconds let's take our sweet time with a lot of these verses and so i think it's either this first verse or the second verse. There's actually like two full stanzas of verses in between choruses. It's a long time. Nice. It's also such a memorable verse melody that you can afford to take some time. Mm-hmm. What do you think of their film technique of treating the film with garbage to make it look old? (laughs) They're edgy. (laughs) They're punk rock. Yeah. (laughs) They're, uh, this was kind of at the, the edge of the, I don't think there had really been any kind of punk artists that had broken to this level of success at this point. I think they were the first. Um, and so this was still kind of, this was them being like, no, we're, we're, we're punk rock still, even though we're doing, you know, commercials for Verizon or whatever. Right. Uh, it was right at the convergence of all of that. Stuff. Can I ask you a filmmaking question? Of course. How do you get that? What, at what point in the process do you add that? This is looks like an old movie thing, and how do you do it? Oh, they just have um, digital intermediate. It's all in post. Yeah, yeah, it's all uh, it's all filters and graphics on top of whatever they shot clean or very close to clean. Yeah, I mean, I guess they got some confetti and stuff in here to kind of blend together with all of the. Yeah, they had a little budget for confetti. <laughs> Yeah, this is an interesting, um, this is that American Idiot album that came out. Produced by Rob Cavallo, you're right. They got a lot of attention as all the war war in Iraq and, you know, war on terror stuff was really ramping up. You're right. And and so, um, and they had like six singles, I want to say, on their, their album. And they were all, you know, like top 10 singles. And then it became a Broadway play. Yeah. Uh, with a whole story around it. and I saw it in Berkeley, California, before it went to Broadway. And it was really good. There's this kind of breakdown to an acoustic guitar. This verse is almost a chorus-like. Yeah, that's true.
And then they have a, uh, at the end of this, they just go, there's a name for this, I, I forget what it is, but it's just a long sequence of, it's like an epilogue. Coda? Coda, that's it. And they go out on this, which does, isn't anywhere else in the song, but it fits really well. Kind of metal chords. We made it. Man, we got through a lot. We really did. It was fun. I, I ready, I'm ready to go again and find a whole new level of videos <laughs> because, of course, watching these, I started to think about, ooh, you know what I'd like to see again and talk about? But oh, Yeah, well, there's a lot. I thought it was a pretty yeah, we'll good see start. If, uh, to all of the Patreon uh, uh, viewers that got this far in, this will be Patreon only. It, could, it can only ever be. If, as soon as we put this on YouTube, it's going to get demonetized because we're – just playing other people's music but um but it'd be interesting to see what our our patrons think of uh of this too and if we should do one of these maybe every once in a while bring kenny into the mix and hit up some songs uh that he likes and go through some of the crazy music videos and talk a little bit about the songs but yeah it's kind of a fun trip down memory lane and i would also suggest to any of our listeners if you have videos you want to see songs you want us to put on send us Send us an email at mattschrader.com. Uh, <laughs> what is the, where should they send it? Info at morescore.com. It's Epiclef. What well, is, they could just, they can just post a comment on, uh, on Patreon where they're Post a comment, and, anything uh, you want to see. We'll see it there. Or call yeah. Matt at home. He usually takes calls between 2 and 4 a.m. So uh, <laughs> yeah. he likes to talk about videos and music and TV at that point. So uh, we'll but, give out Kenny's phone number so that yeah, he's the one that has to deal with it. We'll he, him, since he's not here, can't defend him. Call Kenny home uh, and ask him. Thanks for going through these, Robert. It's it uh, fun. It's kind of fun just to go through and listen to some of these jams. I'm ready to go. I'm going to probably be saying, let me a higher love. <laughs> well, now I have Lady Marmalade stuck in love. my head. So. Oh. <laughs> All righty, Matt. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, Robert. See you soon. See you soon. Peace. Bye.